Hey guys, welcome. As promised, this is your post-draft recap, as well as the way too fucking early 2021 preseason power rankings. Yes, that's right, guys. The 2021 season is upon us, which means this league has been together for three years now. This was one of the original four leagues. What makes it unique compared to the other three of the original four? This is the only league that actually still retains all 12 original members. That's fucking huge, guys. Especially in the world of Dynasty, where most Dynasty drafts, I think the ratio is like 60% of Dynasty leagues fail within the first two years. And on top of that, at least one team is replaced in about 82% of Dynasty leagues as a whole, guys. <laughs> That's huge. So, I, you know, I do thank everyone for sticking it out, being great, great team owners and being here since the inception. Now, that being said, guys, you know I always got to – I don't like to sugarcoat shit, so I always like to tell people how it is. There are some things I like to touch on, guys, that's a little less than exciting. Um, primarily, league participation and just overall excitement, guys. I mean, I talk about this all the time. I don't want you guys to ever compromise your family, your work, your faith, your food, your free time for fantasy football. Never will I ever ask that. Now, that being said, guys, I do wish... Some owners would participate a little more, actually be more engaged and seem like it actually is exciting for them. Though some of you have the nine to five mentality where it's clock in at preseason, clock out at season's end and never think about interact or even touch the league until I basically ping everybody right before the draft. Though some people have that approach and granted, guys, again, I will never tell you how to do it. You got to look at how it impacts other teams. There's some teams that really want this to be a dynasty league that really want to have that camaraderie, that interaction, that, you know, engagement year round. And if we have a handful of owners that just aren't that way, it really can kill the league. It can really drive down league participation as a whole. I mean, myself included, I'm probably one of the most excited fantasy players there are. I mean, that's why I created all these leagues. That's why I do what I do for them. There's a lot of times it takes it out of me when I see teams that just don't give a fuck. When I see owners who really just don't even respond, don't even care, don't even draft. Just basically just send a send the jelly bean dues and just step back, you know. For me, it's disheartening. It's really hard. So I can imagine what it's doing to other owners. And it's hard to try to keep that balance. I get it, but it's really hard to keep people motivated, including myself, when Sometimes you feel like you're doing it for no reason. Now, now that I got the bad and the ugly out of the way, <clears throat> guys, tell me what I can do to make it better for you. I put some polls out there before the draft to try to, you know, invigorate some ideas, you know, try to get some people thinking about what would make them excited about this fantasy league, what would actually get them more engaged. Granted, guys, we got three or four members who are highly active, responded to every one of the polls, actually had a lot of good input. You know, some of them were actually the catalyst for some of the polls out there. Then we also got about a good five or six who really just never responded. Didn't care. Don't even think to even look at the message board. Don't even have the notifications on. Not much I can do at that point, guys. Um, I even tried to alter the way the draft was run. You know, we did a four-hour slow draft like we've done last year, like was intended in the Constitution. I even offered up my, my home. Offered to buy food and beverages for everybody, for nothing, just to have a draft. Couldn't even get responses. Now, 
I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too long because I can go down it all day long because it is frustrating. But guys, just think about it. <laughs> I mean, think about how hard it is for you to be excited about something you're passionate about when people who are also involved in it with you doesn't necessarily have to be fantasy, just anything in general. How hard it is to stay excited when the people around you are disheartening and just really could care less at times, it feels like. It really can kill something you're passionate about. So just kind of think about that. And at the same time, think about what would make you happier, what would really get you more excited about these leagues so I can help make this what you want it to be. I'd love to get the trophies going in this league. I'd love to actually have more interaction. You know, I'd love to keep the leagues open year-round. It's a dynasty league, guys. So without further ado, <laughs> got that knocked out of the way, but without further ado, I just want to jump into the the draft, guys. The draft was not as rich talent-wise as a whole as previous drafts, especially last year's. Last year was one of the better drafts I've seen in probably a decade, maybe a little more. But there was talent. Um, I'm not going to go pick by pick. I'm really just going to highlight each team, their, my favorite pick that they had, one that I really disliked, and then one or two value picks I think they did. That's about it. Um, I'll also touch more on teams with power rankings, but let's just go ahead and jump right in. Picking out of the one slot, as you guys know, our draft is linear. It is not snaking, which means if you pick one, you pick first in every round. It's done like that to mirror the NFL. It's also done for competitive balance. You don't want a team who just won the title picking 12 and 13, essentially getting two first-round picks. That's not competitive balance. So, Picking out of the one, we had Kelvin. Kelvin's a sneaky owner, guys. Kelvin does not make trades often. He's can be <laughs> he can be one of those who doesn't even make drop ads for six weeks. Yet his team's good, guys. Um, picking out of the one slot means he was the best team in the constellation bracket. Now, I've played in another league with this guy. I played with him for years. He he's always this way. He's not going to make a lot of trades. He's not going to pick up a lot of players. Not drop a lot of players. He just drafts well. And those are the kind of guys you got to be scared about. If you can end your season with a 7-6 and six kind of record, not doing pretty much anything other than keep your status quo on your team, you're a good owner. That means you drafted well. You manage your team well in season. Now, if he ever does step it up and make some in-season moves that bolster that roster, we're all in trouble. That said, let's just dive right in here and talk about his picks. <laughs> The first one I really like, it's a no-brainer, to be honest with you. The moment I saw this kid get drafted at the location he went to, he was going 1.01 for me in every league that was not a super flex or tight end premium. Kids Najee Harris, love the talent. Anybody who watches anything about college football got to watch this kid excel on the main stage with the best team in the conference with the best defense. And he made some of these defensive players who are pros right now look like fucking idiots. Goes to a great opportunity out there. Going to have a lot of run, a lot of touches. I actually would draft this kid in the second round in a redraft league, non-keeper, non-dynasty format. I <laughs> think he's going to have top top 12 running back potential by year's end. I think his uh, 2021 campaign is going to be very close to what JT, Jonathan Taylor, did last year. So uh, Najee Harris, no-brainer. It's hard to screw up the 101, but a lot of times people overthink it. I think he did a great job by not overthinking it and picking this kid. And he picked him relatively quickly, which meant he knew what he was doing going in. Definitely love Najee. Definitely love the opportunity. I think the kid's going to excel in that position. Now, uh, Kelvin did have a couple picks 
that I do like the players as a whole. I think they're highly talented players, but I just don't necessarily like the positions that they're in, you know, the situations in the pro level. Um, Rashad Bateman and Eskridge, two good, uh, two good wide receivers, both of them in horrible positions. There's two teams in the NFL that I do not want to see a wide receiver go to if they're not a just top-level premier talent like a guy of the ilk of – say uh, DJ Metcalf, for example. But those two teams are Baltimore and Seattle. These two teams historically are ground and pound teams that love to beat you down with their defenses and beat you into submission with running games. Um, both these kids, I love the talent, but don't think they're in great positions. <laughs> Outside of that, I really liked what Kelvin did with his sixth round through uh, ninth round picks. He picked guys like Trubisky, which I love the position out there in Buffalo. I think he's going to excel as a backup, sliding into a very similar style as Allen, if anything was happening to Allen. And then I like Patterson and Felton, to be honest with you. I think they're buried on their depth charts. But these two guys, if given opportunity, whether it be from injuries and or sickness, these two guys could actually shine and have a game or two where they could win it for you themselves. So, <laughs> overall, I think Kelvin did well. Give him like an A minus, B plus. Um, more so the B plus because I don't necessarily like the landing spots of guys like Bateman and Eldr- Eskridge, like I said. But when you got a guy like Najee in a draft, in a draft this shallow, that's I mean, Najee is a starter week one for this team. He will be a starter for seventeen games. That alone gets him a B plus. Um, great draft as well, Kelvin. I do think Kelvin ends this season and is drafting on the opposite end of the spectrum next year, drafting probably in that 10, 11, or 12 spot. Coming in, drafting at the number two, <laughs> and guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I feel like it's a never-ending battle. I just got over COVID, so I'm still struggling to breathe. Um, got some pneumonia from it, so I have a hard time catching my breath still to this day. Over everything else, feel great, but... My lungs took a beating, so I sound like I'm struggling to actually catch my breath. It's because I'm pretty weak in the lung aspect right now, so bear with me. But drafting in the two slot is Tripp. Tripp made some trades, so he didn't draft number two in every round. Um, you know, prime example, he traded away his first round pick in a deal to yours truly, which netted him Dak Prescott, which, to be honest with you, is probably the best move he made in the draft. Nothing against his draft. That was just a huge acquisition for his team. Overall, I do like some of his picks. Um, I do think there's some picks that are, you know, a couple of years down the road. But um, his first pick, he picked at 104. He picked Travis Etienne. Um, Etienne, I love the talent. Wish he'd have gone to a better place. I was actually hoping that he would fall to Buffalo. I think he would have been a star day one in Buffalo to the level of early LaShawn McCoy. Um, now, that being said, he did go to a great opportunity for him. I don't care what Urban Meyer said. He's not going to be the third down back splitting behind James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. Urban Meyer did not go out of his way to spend draft capital on, on this kid in the first round to not play him. He went out to get ETN to make the franchise quarterback Lawrence feel happy, feel great, feel comfortable. They've got some uh, weapons in the passing game there. Granted, I think it was a luxury pick they didn't need because I loved Robinson last year. Not just for fantasy purposes, but overall, this kid was a running back six or seven in the league. So they didn't need to get an ETN. 
But now that he's there, he's going to play. He's going to play early. He's going to play often. I think ETN will kind of be the this year's uh, Klein Edwards-Hilaire. Um, now, that being said, I think he's going to actually have more run than Hilaire did last year. So I do like this pick for Tripp. I think it's actually going to be great for his team. His team looks completely different than it did last year. Um, go back and look at some of the trades and some of the moves he made, and you'll see why. Um, just like Kelvin, I think Tripp actually ends a little bit more on the other side of the drafting scale next year. His next two picks were the only – or actually the next three – are the only three I really want to touch on after ETN. Um, I could do without the final four. I'm not, nothing against Ellinger or Stevenson. I just think that they're not in good positions to see the field often. Stevenson more so than um, in, uh, Ellinger and Indy will actually be able to have a chance, but he's kind of buried on that depth chart. Um, Frymuth, Fryermuth, I think is his name. Um, I can't pronounce it right, but the tight end out of Penn State, 6'5", 260. Big body guy. He automatically steps in as the best pass blocking tight end. In Pittsburgh, I'm not a big fan of Ebron as a whole. I think Ebron's more of just a touchdown target. Now, that being said, <laughs> this is a great pick 10 years ago for Pittsburgh. He would have stepped into the league as a top 10 tight end day one. Just look what they did with Heath Miller back in the day when Big Ben was young, fresh, and had a great arm. Um, I do think this is a great opportunity two years down the road. I think Ben's got two years left. I think they replace him probably – Honestly, I wasn't a fan of this kid last year, but I think Haskins might be their quarterback of the future. Um, now, that being said, this kid could be this year's Hawkinson Noah Fant. I could see that happening. I could also see him being Sternberger, who doesn't see the field at all. Um, now, the next pick, Ian Book, it's not hard to see what New Orleans did there. They went out and kind of drafted a quarterback with the stature of Drew Brees. I don't know if this is Sean Payton being funny, trying to trying to be cute, thinking that he can repeat what he did with Drew Brees. Because if you don't remember, Drew Brees was coming off a massive injury out of San Diego at the time, and honestly, I thought his career was over. <laughs> he goes on to have a Hall of Fame career in New Orleans. Um, him vacating New Orleans for the Hall of Fame currently actually does leave a gaping hole that I, I personally think is going to be filled by Jameis Winston. Kid's got immense talent. He was just in a bad position in Tampa Bay. I do think Jameis is the starter. I think they signed him to a long-term deal. That being said, I knew Tripp was high on Ian. I almost took Ian Book the pick before um, when I took Hill just to kind of piss uh, Tripp off, <laughs> to be honest with you. I actually tried to uh, – I tried to get back into that pick to take AM book as well. Um, that being said, guys, uh, I think this is a great taxi role for two years down the road. Ian book, if Jameis does falter and does end up looking more like the Jameis of two years or last year where he's sitting in the pine, um, more so than the Jameis of two years ago where he throws for 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. I think Ian book steps in in two years and could be a starting quarterback at this level. Um, the next pick is Kelly. I think Kelly is the best backup. I'm a big Jackson fan as well. So, that's a lot for me to say, but I think he's the backup to Austin Eckler out there in L.A. as of right now. Uh, we'll talk about his true backup here in a second, but um, I think the first four picks for Tripp were pretty good. He didn't have a lot of draft capital going into this draft because of what he traded away. He made the best with it. Um, I think he's probably got three players who could all be stars in, I would say, three years down the road. He's also got three players. He's also got a team that could have zero starters this year. Um, I do think ETN is going to be a no-brainer. He's not going to falter. He is not going to fade. ETN will be a star in this league. For that, I give Tripp a solid B to B+. Um, it would be a little higher had he had a little bit more draft capital. 
Um, now that being said, I do see, I do think this team could be one of those, the ETN, the Frymuth, the Frymuth and Book picks three years down the road could make this draft actually look more like an A to A plus. Um, but as of right now, it's a B to B plus. Great overall for Trip. Actually, if you calculate in the DAC trade, that actually gets him an A. A plus instantly just for what it did for his team. Um, next, we're going to move on to my boy Tremaine. Tremaine is a Falcon fan, if you can't tell. You can tell this by looking at some of the draft picks he made in the draft. I think Tremaine did a great job picking Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, talent wise, is probably the best position player. Me personally, I think Harris, Pitts, and Chase kind of fall into that all set. The top five picks in this draft, honestly. To me, or dime a dozen. I think Lawrence is a phenomenal quarterback. I think Chase is the best wide receiver. Harris is the best running back. Pitt's the best tight end. And they all are in that upper echelon of the draft, in my opinion, as a release of talent. Chase is the most highly prolific um, wide receiver that we've heard of coming out of college since guys like Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson. He's being compared in that group. Guys, I think this kid is legit. Um, we didn't get to see him display his... Talents last year as he opted out, but we saw enough the year before to know that this kid is legit. I do think when you start getting in the comparisons of the guys, like I said, Julio, Cooper, um, Megatron, things like that, guys, you're kind of already a pro player at that level. I do think he is a no-brainer. He is an instant hit at the pro level, and he goes to the best position that any wide receiver could ask for. He's walking into a team that has a lot of targets from the departed um, A.J. Green, a lot of vacated targets that are all going to go directly to him. Normally, I would say probably 50 to 60 percent of those would, but this guy is going to play with his college quarterback. You know what that means? These guys have a rapport together. This is the quarterback that made him something special. That quarterback is going to target him every chance he can get. We saw last year Burrow does like to lock in on players, whether it was A.J. Green for one game, T. Higgins for another. <laughs> he does lock in the players, and when he locks in, he doesn't deviate from that. So if you have a team, I mean, granted, Boyd and Higgins are some great players, but when you have a team that has a guy you've played with for a couple of years on it, who do you think the first guy they're going to look to is? It's going to be Chase. He's got the talent to make the best of those targets. I think Jamar Chase is going to have a phenomenal year, very similar to what Justin Jefferson did last year. Probably a little more touchdown potential, as odd as that sounds. <laughs> I do like uh, the Bengals' offense this year. I think they're going to step it up. I really do think they did some improvement on that line. I think Mixon, I think the entire Bengals offense is in for a surprise for fantasy. I love the pick at 1.03 for Jamar Chase. Like I said, guys, you couldn't go wrong picking any of those four players in the top four picks. And Chase, talent-wise, maybe the best talent in this draft as it relates to their positions. Amazing pick there. <laughs> now, after that, I did have some head scratchers. Um, not the players themselves, but, well, some of the players he drafted early. The two Falcons players he drafted probably two rounds too early for both of them, in my opinion, but I get it. Um, Wallace, you know, same, falls in the same boat as Bateman in Baltimore. Baltimore's drafted six uh, wide receivers, five or six wide receivers in the last two years, and they've already got two guys on the roster that are half decent ahead of Bateman. Um, they also got Boykin, who I like. I think Wallace is just buried on that roster. Um, outside of that, the two wide receivers he took last are probably my favorite two after Chase. 
I love Preston Williams. He kind of got Wally pipped in Miami for no reason when they drafted Waddle. I think Williams was actually really good for that team. Um, he does now sit behind Parker, behind Fuller, behind Waddle. Probably number five or six on that pecking order when you add Gesicki and the running back end to play for targets. But if there is an injury or there is a trade, this kid does have the talent and the size to succeed at the pro level. I love that kid, especially when you draft him in the eighth round. The other kid, Atwell. Atwell's tiny, guys. I mean, I was bigger than Atwell in high school. That tells you anything, but I was also kind of a fat ass there at the end. But, you know, even you know when I was in shape in high school, I was bigger than Atwell. Um, now, Atwell, I think, as sad as this sounds, I know it's different, different leadership, different regime, but I, I, I couldn't help but, like, laugh a little bit when I saw the pick because it's like, man, they really want Tavon, Tavon Austin back. Um, I really do think this was a kind of nostalgic pick for them. Now, Atwell does go to a great position. He's playing behind three great – and I say great with a grain of salt, but three great wide receivers out there in position. I'm a big Woods fan, love Cup, and to be honest with you, say what you want about DJX, his age and his injuries, but when that guy's on the field, he is a stud. Um, these three guys are playing with the best quarterback that any of them have really played with, in my opinion, since they started in the league. And Matthew Stafford, big cannon, great vision, will air it out. I think Stafford has a career year. I think everybody benefits from that career year. Even Atwell, I do think Atwell in the sixth round, especially at six, seven, was a steal out of taking him in the fourth round. Great pick there. I do think you made some questionable ones other than that. Overall, I give Duggar probably a B minus in the draft. Again, if Williams, if Atwell, and if one of the other guys like a Fitzpatrick or Wallace can hit, you know, it'll go up a little bit. But the only real staple you have on this team, as I look at it right now in this draft, is Chase. Surefire. Chase is almost good enough to give you an A-. minus, But I do think you kind of squandered a couple of the other picks. So that kind of drug it down a little bit. I do think you have a good team. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to have to take one of those other two guys to hit for that draft, that draft grade to go up. Picking at the four, we have Snyder. Um, again, guys, his brother is the namesake of the league. Um, one of my favorite owners that I've played with in any leagues as a whole. Highly intelligent, loves to trade, loves to talk shit, highly active. This kind of participation level you really want. Um, did not have a first-round pick <laughs> due to a trade, but did pick the uh, fourth pick in every uh Every round after that, two through ten, actually had a pretty good draft. If you look at it across the board, um, I'm a big fan of his second round pick, Hubbard. Love what the kid did in Oklahoma State two years ago. Not so much. Didn't have the opportunity to shine last year, but I love Hubbard. I do think Hubbard probably, <laughs> as sad as this sounds, um, and as odd as it probably sounds, is probably my third favorite running back coming off the board. That's even over those UNC guys. That's even over Trey Sermon, who I took a few uh, picks before, or one pick before. But I think he's great, to be honest with you. He falls in a great position. CMC has already shown that he's kind of injury-prone recently. Um, Hubbard, if given the opportunity in Carolina, will step in and do better than what Mike Davis did. Hubbard could be a star if CMC misses time. Love that pick. I think it was the best pick you had. You had a couple of good picks right after that. Collins in Houston, if, if uh, Watson doesn't go to jail for 20 years, <laughs> you know, they have a lot of vacated targets out there. Big body, going to be a great target. I think he's one of the most underrated wide receivers taken out after the big four. 
Um, I think he goes to a great opportunity, 6'4", 225. That's a great target for any quarterback, especially one who actually has some accuracy. Um, your next couple picks, I'm a big fan of Darden. Darden's just in a bad position in Tampa Bay. He's kind of buried behind four receivers out there. Taylor, Taylor could be your starting quarterback for uh, Houston when Deshaun Watson goes to jail for half his life. Now, think about that, guys. You got If you could draft a starting quarterback in the fourth round, for nothing. That's amazing. Um, his picks six through nine, all running backs, all of them a year and a half years ago, maybe not Williams. He's kind of that, he's kind of that sneaky guy you just get on your team and has one or two games that's good for you. But, you know, two years ago, these were all some big name players that you might have wanted. Miller coming off the injury, but not bad for where he picked them. I mean, all these guys have potential value if one or two things in front of them go right. If Miller's leg's healthy and they need a grounder, a ground and pounder kind of guy to offset Gibson out there in Washington. Hasty, if two of the guys in front of him in San Francisco get hurt and he finally gets some run. We all know what a Shanahan running back can do. You got two guys coming out of Kansas City, the most prolific offense in the league. The best pick, honestly, outside of Hubbard for this team was Ferkser in the 10th round. Just think about that. I never thought I would be saying that, but Ferkser actually benefits the most from Johnny Smith moving on to New England. Tampa Bay has always used their tight ends. Back to Delaney Walker days. Ferkser actually had some run last year. He looks decent. <laughs> Ferkser could be a top 15 tight end day one. <laughs> I don't, I mean, and think about it. They also lost targets with Corey Davis leaving. I think this was a great pick in the 10th round. Overall, since you don't have a number one draft pick or pick in the first round, I can't give you an A, but I will give you an A minus on this. And it's odd. It's not anything. It's not like you have any studs, in my opinion. It's you kind of hit on almost every single pick when the pick was up, when your draft pick was uh, due. And to be honest with you, that's a great draft. I look at this draft board. Nothing is sexy about it, but it's the kind of draft that will win a league. <laughs> great job as a whole. Snyder, like I said, you get an A. I could see this also being a C minus if nobody hits. If you know CMC stay healthy all year, Watson avoids jail. I could see this being a C minus. But as it sits right now, here today, I give it an A minus. Probably my favorite of the four without the high end talent that we've talked about so far. Next, we're going to move on to the guy who seemingly had 37 draft picks this year. Um, Eric P. Our resident Buffalo Bills fan, <laughs> seriously, drafting out of the five slot, he drafted the first, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth out of the five, but he also had six other draft picks on top of that. He did really well with it, to be honest with you. I actually kind of low-key like his draft. Um, Lawrence falling to him at the five pick in the first round is a no-brainer. Even if he sits, I mean, he doesn't need him right now. He's got Josh Allen and Bitham Roethlisberger on his starting roster. Um, he can actually, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but he can actually sit this guy on his taxi squad, pull him out in two years when he's peak, and I'm talking peak quarterback level of Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, that quality. The next pick, Williams, love the talent. Um, I actually think that he's going to be the starter in Denver. I don't care if they are paying Melvin Gordon. Let's be honest, guys. They they didn't draft Melvin Gordon. They want they drafted this kid. 
this new regime out there. <laughs> Williams, I think, is the lion's share of those touches. Starts out as a 50-50, skews more 60-40, and by end of year, 75-25 if they don't trade Gordon before then. Love this pick. Love the talent. Love the opportunity. Hate the quarterback. Um, next pick, looked better at the time the pick happened than it does today. Um, there's something going on in Philly. I don't know if Sanders is, low, is hurt or they don't like his work ethic, but there's something going on in Philly where – they're going the beat you by numbers approach as opposed to beat you with our star. Everything on paper and everything we've seen from Miles Sanders says this kid should be a star. Everything Philly's doing says otherwise. They draft Gainwell early in the draft. <laughs> Mike Gainwell out of Memphis, what he was able to do at the college level. But they also re-signed Howard to the team. They got Boston Scott. Then they went out and got another guy that this guy drafted later. It's kind of scary that they've got a lot of players out there for not a lot of touches. So it kind of makes me wonder what's going on, whether or not that they don't have the faith in Sanders or whether or not it's just literally Hail Marys and the team doesn't know what they're doing. Either way, it doesn't really bode well for Gainwell's, Gainwell's potential. Um, the next pick I really like a lot better if Aaron Rodgers stays. Um, it's the other A-Rod for <laughs> Green Bay. I do like what the kid did in Clemson. I do think he has the ability, if Rodgers stays there, to be the number two wide receiver day one with his talent level. Um, it's a great pick overall. The next pick's my favorite on this roster outside of the first round. You got a starting quarterback in Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic at 3.5 in the third round. If anything wants to happen to Allen, this guy is a fantasy darling. He'll go out there and throw 30 30 times for 300 yards, literally just bombing it out, and three interceptions but four touchdowns. Um, great pickup there. It actually solidifies your team, allows you the flexibility to keep Lawrence on the taxi for two years. Great pick. Your next five picks were all running backs. They all fall into that same echelon of running back three, running back fours in the league um, with high upside. I mean, every one of them has one or two things go wrong in front of them. One or two guys go down. These guys are stars, starters day one, Bernard in Tampa Bay, Dallas in Seattle, White in New England, Carrion in Philly, which now he's in a log jam. But at the time, we didn't know where Carrion was going. I thought he would actually have some chance to be a Falcon and Brown in Miami. Um, you know, the rest of your draft was really good, too, to be honest with you. You, you drafted three tight ends. Um, Moss goes to play back with his old quarterback there in Cincy. If you've ever wondered if an NFL team would lose to a college team, we're about to find out. You basically have the 2019 LSU Tigers going up against the NF or the AFC North. And we're going to find out if it really works. Um, I do like the kit McKitty pick. McKitty is taking a lot of those, uh, targets that Henry vacated out there in LA. I do believe he's the number one tight end there. Moss, I do think, actually finds a resurgence, and if, he, if he's healthy, um, actually has some value in Cincinnati just because he knows the quarterback and there's a rapport. Cephas picks up a lot of those vacated targets from Galladay <laughs> in Detroit. Only bad thing is you have Joe, uh, Jared Goff going to you. And Arnold goes to uh, Carolina. Love the talent. Love the dual eligibility. Problem with Arnold is the fact that Carolina does not even use Ian Thomas, who is their most athletic tight end already. Overall, I give this draft an A to an A plus, to be honest with you. Um, Lawrence falling to you as gold. You've got Williams two picks later. You got a starting quarterback and you've got six other running backs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Six other running backs. All you need is one of them to hit. You could also have the number two wide receiver from Green Bay. This roster 
could feasibly have five of these guys on it come day one, week one, and at least three or four of them be studs. Let's think about that one for a second. I give you an A with the potential to be an A plus long term. We'll see how it rolls out. But as of right now, you have the highest grade of the first five to draft. Next, <laughs> next we're going to the sixth pick. It is Sam Jester, our one of our resident UGA boys. Um, actually had a great pick, a great draft as well. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm just sitting here looking at it offhand. Out of his, what, what, what do you got? Out of his 11 picks, there's six of them that I am in love with. I'm in love with the player, in love with the situation. I would have loved to have those picks. I actually tried to get two of them, but he wouldn't trade me. Um, Devonta Smith going to Philly. You know, Philly really kind of, they feel like they dropped the ball with drafting Rager where they did last year. Um, they have a quarterback that is a run-first quarterback. Everyone saw Hurts in the college level, so it would be interesting to see if he can actually throw the ball. One thing is good, though, he threw the ball a lot to Smith when he was in college. That's going to be a great rapport, great situation for Smith. I think Smith steps in day one and actually makes an impact. Phenomenal pickup at the sixth pick. Then you come back two picks later and pick up probably the best fantasy quarterback starting out of this class with Justin Fields. Justin Fields has the ability to be peak Colin Kaepernick, peak Vince Young in the first year. Like, I'm talking first year. Not saying that that's his ceiling. I'm saying the best we saw from Kaepernick, the best we saw from Vince Young, those style players, their peak, that's what this kid has first year. Now, Chicago is a graveyard for quarterbacks, so it's interesting to see what his long-term looks like. But I love that pick. Love the pick in eight. Your next pick is one of my favorite uh, wide receivers going to a great situation. Marshall steps into a great situation there in Carolina. I love that pick. Um, he's going to Darnold, a good quarterback. Say what you will about him as a Jet. I love the kid. I do think Marshall will be the wide receiver two at year's end. I love this overall. So your first three picks are all hits, in my opinion. Mitchell, San Francisco, if he gets run out there, it's not hard to enjoy having a running back that plays in Shanahan. Problem is there's six running, seven running backs out there. Next pick I could do without, to be honest with you. We just talked about uh, tight ends in Carolina when I said something about Arnold. Um, these next, uh, this next guy I really love, to be honest with you, Puka Williams. I liked him a lot. I actually tried to trade with Sam for this pick, strictly to draft Puka Williams at this pick. Um, it's a great pick. I think he's kind of buried behind Mixon. It'll be interesting to see if he gets run. He's kind of an undersized running back, so he might get eaten alive with those AFC North defenses. Um, outside of that, I like your Boykin pick at seven, in the seventh round. And um, I'm not really too upset about the Knox pick in the eighth round, but, you know, it's I, neither here nor there. Overall, just off the power of your top three picks and the Puka Williams upside, I give you an A- minus as a whole. Um, I do think that this has A to A-plus potential if Fields comes out as a stud, Smith has a 1,000-yard, 80-reception, 12-touchdown kind of year, which would be off the wall. But as of right now, I think it's an A- minus just because you have high firepower, in my opinion, with those first three picks. Next, we're going to go to a, obviously, a biased uh, selection here with yours truly. Looking at my draft board, you can tell I love to trade. I probably trade more in one league than most people trade in all their leagues combined. I say this all the time, but you saw it in the draft. <laughs> Out of all my original picks, I traded – I only really had nine in uh, my ninth and tenth round going into this. I traded for the rest of them got them all back. Um, I actually liked my draft. I mean, obviously, it's easy for someone to say as they – critique their own draft but if you look at it I didn't have on paper I don't have any holes on my team 
Um, I do have a hole at the tight end position, which I filled with 1.02, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts probably is a top 10 tight end today without playing a play in the NFL in fantasy. Um, he has the potential to be <laughs> Kittle, Kelsey, Pete, uh, Pete Gonzalez for fantasy down the road. I mean, he's got that kind of talent. I love having him at this second pick. I did reach a little bit. I would have probably rather had him at like the 1.4. But I had the second pick, so I took him. It did kind of hurt giving away Dak for that. But to me, it was a win-win for both teams. Um, the next three picks, I really kind of like a lot. Um, Sermon, I think Sermon uh, in a year, maybe at the end of this year, will be the running back that is to watch out there in San Francisco. Like what he did at Ohio State, I really do think he's going to step up out there. Mustard's older. Mustard has some injuries. The rest of those guys are really banged up. <laughs> he's walking in kind of fresh. I do, like I said, guys, I like what I saw out of Ohio State from this kid. 6'1", 215. He's got the body, the frame that uh, Shanahan will get some work out of. The next guy, I really liked him at the wide receiver position. Moore, I think Moore is going to be the number one wide receiver in uh, in New York Jet, for the New York Jets this year. You know, I do like Mims. I think they're going to get rid of Crowder. Moore will play more in that slot. I mean, they still have some uh, wide receivers out there, but I do like this kid. I love what I saw in college out of him. For me to be able to take him there was a no-brainer. He was still on the board. It wasn't even a competition. I mean, there wasn't another player I was thinking about. <laughs> um, the next pick was more of just a hunch. I think uh, I, I liked Hill there at Mississippi State. Um, I really do think he has the ability to be better than what Jamal Williams was for this team. Now, they do still have A.J. Dillon there. They just signed – Aaron Jones to a long-term deal, so I do think this is more of a hunch play. I'm actually probably going to sit this kid on taxi and watch what he does for two years, but out of those first four picks, obviously I picked them myself. I like them all. Um, the next two really, really uh, were impact plays for me. I think Mills was drafted with the first pick that Houston had in this draft for a reason. I do think they are afraid Watson is going to jail for 20 years, <laughs> and I do think they expect this kid to be their number one quarterback option moving forward. Tyrod Taylor, I touched on him a little while ago, will probably be the starter week one. I think Mills is the starter by week three. Got to meet this kid in person over the summer last year. Very intelligent kid, high football IQ. Really like his ability. Doesn't have all the intangibles that the big six uh, quarterbacks that went in front of him do. That being said, I think he falls into the best position to make an impact day one outside of the big three. I do think it's a long-term play here. It'll probably be on my taxi. I'm kind of interested to see what happens with Watson. It could be a, a boomer bust kind of play there. Next guy I touched on a little while ago with uh, talking about Roethlisberger. I think Haskins is going to be the quarterback of the future in Pittsburgh. Didn't like him for Washington. Thought they had reached for him. Didn't like him out of Ohio State. But the kid's not that bad. He does fall into a position where his biggest competitions are Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph and Noodle Arm. Let's just go ahead and say, as long as he's smart and can actually learn, <laughs> he's got the weapons and the opportunity out there to succeed. I really do like both my seventh-round picks. Um, my pick there in the ninth round, honestly, is kind of a hunch. I do think the Falcons go into the season with just Davis, Patterson, and Big O. They also got the couple of kids they got after the draft. Um, now, that being said, Patterson is old. Patterson is a kind of multi-tool player. He's more of the Percy Harvin but older, fatter, bigger. Um, now, that being said, I could see him rushing the ball five to ten times a game, also catching a couple passes. He might be a viable player 
in fantasy, at least a rosterable player um, yet to be seen. And this next kid, Bryce Love, it's interesting to see if it's his injury that's keeping him off teams right now. But I want Atlanta to take a look at this kid. I loved him in college. He had a pretty bad knee injury that really hampered his draft capital going into the NFL. But I love this kid. Before his knee injury, he was of that upper echelon. We're talking like Jonathan Taylor style quality running back. Getting a guy like that in the 10th round, even if he doesn't make it to a team, that is a huge blue chip lottery. Now, I will not rate my team. You guys can rate my team for me. I'll leave it up to you in the comments. I've just given my assessment on my team. (laughs) I love personally what I've done for my draft on my team. Next, we're going to talk about Lawrence's team. Um, Lawrence traded away a lot of picks early on, so he didn't pick to the third third round. Um, actually, had a surprising finish last year. You know, at the beginning of the season, I thought his team was going to struggle, and then he just started turning it on, just kept moving, kept moving, kept moving, kept moving, kept moving. He's one of these players. He's the guy who may be hurt the most this season by what's going on, depending on whether or not his quarterback starts, because he's got Watson, and outside of that, he's really just got hurts. Um, Hurts, we all saw him in college. He got replaced by Tua, so <laughs> I like the kid's talent for fantasy, but is he going to be the QB all year? Well, that's yet to be determined. He's got Flacco and Newman behind him. But let's get into the draft here. Um, obviously, if you can't tell, I knew this for a long time ago, so I wasn't surprised when he picked this pick. I actually tried to trade for it, and he said he was picking it. Um, Stevenson, I love Stevenson. love the talent. I think it's a bad position for him. Um, New England's got five, six running backs. They just run in, run out. Obviously, them not picking up the option on Sony Michelle means they're moving on from him. So maybe they do give Stevenson a lot of run to see what they got in the future. Have a nice little Max Stevenson combo as their future of this team two years down the road. But <laughs> outside of that, you know, really wasn't excited about any of these picks. Williams goes to a crowded um, wide receiver core in Denver. Jordan's probably one of my favorite tight ends outside of the big two in this draft. I think he goes to a great opportunity in Houston to go ahead and make an impact, but it's who's going to be throwing in the ball and how big is that impact. Um, Terry to Seattle, Watkins to San Francisco, um, Franks to Atlanta. A guy hated Franks in college. Nothing personal. The guy's a giant, but I mean, he's basically Brock Osweiler, a little more athletic. Um, then you got Carolina's kicker and the Detroit line defense. Honestly, and it, it hurt that you don't have two of your first two picks. You didn't pick till the third round. But the best player I see on this draft board is Stevenson going to New England, where you're probably the running back four, running back five, day one. Maybe running back three in the perfect world. I kind of give this draft a C, maybe a C minus. I hate to say it. But, you know, not having your first or second round pick really gets you automatically down to a B minus at best. And then your best pick being a guy who may be third best running back on his team. I might I might even say D would be the more accurate, but I'll give a C minus as my grade on this one. Um, room for improvement. I do like your team as a whole. If Watson doesn't miss time, expect this team back in the playoffs and the ability to make a run. And at the end of the day, all you need is either – Stevenson or Harris to get some run up in uh, New England as a starter, and you're in gold. You're in good shape at that point. Next, we'll move on to uh, Derek. <laughs> Derek did not have a first-round draft pick as well, but he did have three in a second. Um, I think he did pretty well with his first um, six picks, to be honest with you. 
Um, I actually tried to draft Carter, tried to make a trade for Sam in the second round. When Carter got picked, I backed out of the trade for Sam because I wanted Carter. Carter's an undersized guy. He's kind of a Leo Washington-esque type, type player for the Jets. But he really doesn't have anybody in front of him. So he does have the ability to shine. Um, St. Brown, I do think, is the best value in this draft once you get past uh, the first five or six uh, wide receivers just because he goes to opportunity. Galladay leaves a lot of targets in Detroit. So does Marvin Jones. This guy steps in day one with the ability to take those targets. He's a little bit bigger than Cephas, a little bit more polished of a receiver, in my opinion, than Cephas. Um, so I do think <laughs> that he has the ability to actually shine a little faster. Um, next wide receiver is one of my favorite in the draft in general, just talent-wise. Um, Moore. Moore has the ability to be of the ilk. Don't get me wrong, guys. Of the ilk of a... Uh, Tyreek Hill style player, small, explosive, fast. He does go to a crowded wide receiver core out there in Arizona, but this team runs four wide receiver sets like it's college. He does have the ability to make huge plays after the catch. Um, he's playing along with Kyler out there. You know, shorter quarterbacks tend to look to slot receivers more often because they're easier to see than the guys who are down the field over those big linemen. I do think Moore makes an impact in the beginning of the season. I could see him having a rookie campaign very similar to Hollywood Brown's rookie campaign. Um, a lot of the same style, too. Just huge, huge plays for an undersized, speedy kind of guy. Um, Brown to Washington, I kind of like. He is kind of behind a couple of good receivers out there and college, uh, college friends, McLaurin and Samuel. I do like the talent. It'll be interesting to see. You know, long-term, after Fitzpatrick, what happens out there, quarterback position. But I like the I like the talent of Brown out there. Mond, I actually think Mond, for fantasy, is a better quarterback in Minnesota than uh, Kirk Cousins. They are paying Kirk Cousins a lot of money. It is all guaranteed. But this is, I think he's got one or two years left on that. So they are priming Mond to be their starter in two years. Um, I touched on this earlier. I do think Roundtree inevitably is the backup to Eckler in L.A. I think as of right now, it's Kelly with Jackson, you know, those two vying for it. But I do think Roundtree is the backup. I love what he did in Missouri. I tried to trade for this pick as well, was shot down on it, and it was I tried to trade with it with the intent of getting Roundtree. Next pick is one of my low-key favorite quarterback positions <laughs> situations coming into the draft outside of the big guys. Um and Mills, to be honest with you. I've drafted Mills and this guy in pretty much every one of my leagues for a reason. I think Newman has the opportunity to be a starter in Philly. I'm not really sold on – I love Hertz's, uh, you know, athletic ability and his, you know, panaz for fantasy, you know, with his rushing. But I don't think he's a good quarterback. I also don't think Flacco has it anymore. I don't think Flacco ever really did have it. So uh, Newman does have the ability to step in. Now, he did opt out of the 2020 campaign, which any Georgia fans are a little pissed about that. But, hey, whatever. But he does have the size, 6'4", 230, is athletic, did good things um, before transferring to Georgia in his college career. I actually think there's a better than 40% chance that Newman is the starter come week six or seven of the NFL season for Philadelphia and doesn't relinquish that role. I love this pick. In the sixth round, that's gold. I'm actually a big fan of the first six picks, first seven picks for this team. Really am. Um, Mariota, great pick there. 
kind of the Ilka Trubisky. I really do think that Mariota is a good quality backup. If he steps in day one, he's a top 25 type quarterback with the ability to rush. Does have weapons out there, can make a splash. To be honest with you, for fantasy, I think he's a better quarterback in Las Vegas than Carr, but Carr is just a better overall quarterback in general. Um, outside of that, you know, Schultz and Hill, not too bad of picks where they are, to be honest with you. Both of them are behind the number ones there. But overall, I give this uh, give this draft an A. Um, for a team that does not have a number one draft pick but had three in the second, typically that would shoot you down to an A- minus instantly. But I really did like the first, like I said, seven picks of this. I actually like out of the 11 picks, I actually like 10 of them. Um, I would have picked – 10 of these guys where they went, to be honest with you. Um, so overall, great draft. I do think it's an A to an A minus. Um, let's just say A minus to be, you know, fair and keep with my, my, my grading scale so far, but I actually probably more of an A. I do think, uh, the owner did really well also with some, uh, trades. <laughs> uh, traded away Waddle. So I say he doesn't have a first round pick, but technically he did. Um, but he traded away Waddle for Aaron Jones. So you factor that in, it's kind of an A-plus for this team. Kind of in the same boat with Trip. But I didn't talk about Waddle because I'll actually talk about that 1.9 when I talk about Eric's team coming up soon. So great job, Derek. Moving on, we have uh, Dags. Picking out the 10 slot doesn't make many trades, to be honest with you, in draft. <laughs> Very busy guy in general, um, so it's understandable. But had nine of his 10 picks picked out of the 10 slot in every one of his rounds that he had a pick in. Lance, Lance has the ability, if he's everything San Francisco hopes he is, um, to be a, a fantasy stud. I don't think he'd be a good pro quarterback. I think he's going to be, I think, peak Trey Lance is peak Kaepernick at best. I do think that was Shanahan wishing he had Colin Kaepernick, but never got to have Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, I, I do like – to be honest with you, looking at looking down the roster, of these nine picks, I like the first eight were their picks. I wouldn't have really changed much. I may have taken a different quarterback at 10, um, but I do understand the upside of what Lance can be. So let's just go through it. Lance goes to a great situation. He will be the starter, I think, halfway through the season if they don't trade Jimmy G before then. Um you know, Tooney going to New York, I love this. You know, that granted, they've got three wide receivers out there that on paper should be starting over this kid, but I really do love him. I think he's probably going to be the number two to Galladay sooner rather than later. I mean, obviously, Shepard's gone after this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Slayton. This team, if Jones can put it together, could be an offensive fire, like an offensive just dream. <laughs> I do love that pick at 210. Pal's probably probably over overlooked by way too many people in fantasy right now. The kid was great in Clemson, and he goes to the best offense you can imagine. Now, he's probably the wide receiver four as of right now, but Watkins moved on, so there are opportunities and there are targets out there, and you're playing with the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, when it comes to chucking the ball. Love this kid's talent, and actually he does have the opportunity to run out there. Um, Herbert, I do think if anything is to happen to uh, Montgomery in Chicago, I think Herbert's a starter. I don't think it has Cohen. I, I think Herbert steps in and is the workhorse. 15 touches a game if anything does happen to Montgomery. Disley, I'm always a big fan of Big Montana. Uh, you know, the injury kind of 
hurt his his uh, draft capital two years ago, but I hope he can regain it. You know, I, I do think he would be a great asset to Seattle's offense. And I do think Russ would throw him the ball. He could low-key be that tight end 11 through 16 for your team day one if he's healthy. But, you know, he is a big guy coming off a pretty gruesome injury. So it's yet to be determined the impact he'll have long-term. Uh, Brightwell, highly talked about in New York from the fan base, at least, as being the heir apparent if anything happens to Barkley. Judging by what they said, I do think it's actually Devonta Booker. They they see that kid as a three-down back day one. So I understand the Brightwell pick. Not a bad flyer right there. Guyton out there in L.A. was good at times. Um, I do think if he's had a little bit more time to learn the playbook, build a rapport with uh, Herbert, I actually do think this kid's the wide receiver three. So I do like his ability out there with a team that can throw the ball and a quarterback who has no problem chucking it. Brissett in Miami is a great situation for him, better even than it was for him in New England and Indy. <clears throat> He's playing behind a quarterback that you know still is not proven at the pro level, still undersized, southpaw, coming off a pretty gruesome set of injuries. Brissett could be a starter. I think he kind of falls in that same boat as uh, you know the Tyrod Taylors, where you know they're not going to be sexy, but if they get the they get the run. They're going to be the kind of guy you can rely on for one or two weeks here and there and get you 25 points. Um, overall, <clears throat> I'm not really sold on the high-end talent of Dags' draft. Don't think he's got that, you know, just jump off the page stud. But if you look at the team as a whole, it's got a lot of high-end flyers. A lot of guys that if things go right, this team could be amazing. If Lance is what San Francisco to hopes he is, He's a fantasy stud with those with that athletic ability and the running capability. Same thing with Tony, Tony, whatever, in New York. When Shepard leaves or if Shepard gets injured, because we always know he's got a concussion every week, and Slayton, you know, takes a big hit or just, you know, fades because he's just that big, that big play monster, and Daniel can put it together, this legitimately could be a top 25 caliber wide receiver. He's got that kind of talent, guys. I watched him play at Florida. He's really good. Powell, if he steps in and actually makes an impact and moves up to the wide receiver two in Kansas City, even stays at wide receiver three, that's impressive. That's going to get some run. Um, you know, this, this team, like I said, doesn't have the top end players that you'd want to see in a draft, but it's got everything you need for a team that finished that far in the playoffs. You just have flyers. I mean, he's got a solid set of core on his team. Elliot, Henry, um, Wilson, you know, Amari Cooper. I mean, you've got the talent across the board on the team, so all he really needs are flyers. Now, just because it doesn't have that jump-off-the-page stud, I give this team an A-. minus. Um, actually, probably more so a B plus, to be honest with you. But just because I'm a big fan of your second round and third, uh, fourth round pick, I want to skew it more to name on us. But just out of, you know, to keep with the standards of my grading scale, I'll say a B plus as the grade for Dags here in this year's draft. Moving on to uh, Eric, <laughs> the original champ, almost repeat champ, um, made a big trade, got rid of Aaron Jones for way too cheap, in my personal opinion. I'd have paid twice as much, and I even told Eric that myself. Um, but it did get Jalen Waddle 109 out of it, which is pretty great. I think Waddle's going to be impressive down there in Miami if uh, he has has the ability to make some big plays. He's not going to be a – I think he could be of that caliber of T. 
Tyreek Hill style, you know, target machine, big plays, you know, runs. At the end of the year, we could have five touchdowns for 50 yards or more from Waddle. He's got that kind of speed, game-changing speed. And he's also a polished receiver. I actually like the pick of Jones at 11. I think Jones is a starter sooner rather than later in New England. Um, if New England was smart, they'd actually trade Cam Newton today for Jimmy Garoppolo and have Garoppolo train up Jones and have Cam train up Lance out in San Fran. But, you know, I don't run any real teams. I just run fantasy games. I do like Jones. I drafted him in a couple of my drafts. Um, the most odd-looking quarterback out there. But, hey, New England's got a type. It's basically dad bod central out there in New England. If you've got a dad bod and you're tall and you look like you came off the boat from Eastern or Western Europe, guess what? You're going to be a patriot in the NFL. <laughs> the next pick on his, I actually like this one as well. Trask uh, backs, up his, backs up his Brady pick there in uh, Tampa Bay. Trask was actually taken by Tampa Bay for a reason. They, I saw some good things out of Trask in college. Um, I don't think he's the best quarterback in this draft, but he's, he's up there. I think, you know, he was one step behind the big group. Um, I do think he's got big play potential. I do think they're going to get the best out of him down there in Tampa Bay and let him sit on the bench for a year behind Tom Brady, two years behind Tom Brady. This could, could be a stud. You got two players right there that can sit on your taxi for two years. And guess what? You could have two top 15 quarterbacks top 20 quarterbacks in five years on this team. After that, you got some uh, <laughs> some picks I could do without, some picks I could care less about. Um, the, the Tebow pick was pretty interesting. This is the only league I didn't draft Tebow in. Um, that being said, that was the only pick outside of your first three that's really talked about or talkable, in my opinion, on this roster. The Dokes pick in Miami at nine is not too bad. You know, Miami, I don't think that Gaskin is the long-term solution there, so there is opportunity um, outside of that, you know, Falcons defense is a dumpster fire, no matter how well they try to revamp it. As of right now, until it proves they otherwise is a dumpster fire. You have a kicker who doesn't even have a team. You got Howie Long. Oh, wait, no, that's not Howie Long. I actually do like that tight end, but he's behind Gasicki in Miami. Uh, you have Steve Smith in Carolina. Oh, wait, that's not Steve Smith. A different, different Steve Smith. It's almost like you went through and picked out names you recognized on teams you recognized, but didn't pick the right player. Like Irv Smith in Minnesota, that's not Irv Smith. It's not Steve Smith in Carolina. That's a different Smith. It's not Howie Long. That's actually a different Long. Um, but when all said and done, you know, I really can't give you a hard time because, guys, this guy is the cream of the crop when it comes to this league. Our, our inaugural champion and almost repeated. So he knows what he's doing. Um, trading away Jones was a little, you know, iffy. But at the end of the day, I understood your reasoning behind it. We talked about it. Um, overall, just on the back of your top three picks, you know, as it relates for this draft without the Jones consideration. But I would give you a B to B plus um, just because Waddle is the only true starter day one, in my opinion. The rest of these guys are projects. I mean, like I said, I like your first three picks, but they're project plays. Um, Waddle's the only one that's got standalone value week one. Um, long-term value, yeah, you could be more of an A. Um, now losing, now if I'm factoring in the losing Aaron Jones to get Waddle, I kind of give you a C, <laughs> maybe a C plus. I'd rather have Aaron Jones on my team today, whether or not Aaron Rodgers is there, than Waddle. Um, but overall, like I said, you've been here for a reason. You've been in the championship game last two seasons for a reason. You got a title for a reason. Um, as of right now, of all the drafts, 
probably my second least favorite behind the A-Town Trotters as it sits right now. But you do have quality players on that team and a lot of potential two years down the road. <laughs> Finally, we're going to finish it off with the defending champion currently, Reggie. Um, if you can't tell, the guy's a Dolphins fan. Pray all your Dolphins. Um, but let's just go ahead and jump right in. Zach Wilson, I do think, is going to be great for fantasy. No matter what Sam Darnold was out there in New York, um, that coach is gone. It's on the way out the door. Like, it's a shit show up there in New York. Um, is he even there anymore? I can't even remember. Um, but needless to say, Wilson, I do think, has the potential. And guys, don't get me wrong. He's not this player. But does have that Russell, Russell Wilson-esque style to him. I do think that's the – if he can mature at the pro level, that's the – that's the path, the route he will go in his career. Um, he does have some weapons out there. They gave him some some tools around him. It'll be interesting to see what he does with it. Um, the kid looks like he's four. But outside of that, I already talked about Booker, your third-round pick. I do think he's the heir apparent if anything does happen to Barkley, which Barkley has come off a pretty gruesome injury, guys. <laughs> they really drafted – they really acquired this kid, Booker, with the intention of using him as a three-down back if anything does happen to Barkley. After that, you got some head-scratchers. Um, I didn't realize that Humphreys and Golden Tate were still in the league. Kenneth Bourne, uh, sorry, Bourne going to uh, New England actually improves his stock over where it was in San Francisco. But, again, you got four wide receivers back-to-back-to-back here that probably aren't going to be on your team week one. Um, Herndon, I like Herndon a lot. Two years ago for New Jersey, uh, the I keep saying want to say New Jersey, but the New York Jets, um, he just hasn't come to fruition. It's one of those where the talent, it's kind of like O.J. Howard, you know, the talent outweighs the actual fundamental skill you're seeing put into play on the field. Um, outside of that, I, to be honest with you, you take away Zach Wilson and Booker. My favorite pick on this team is Balazs in the ninth round. Guys, if anything happens to Najee Harris. Kalen Blodge is the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Forget McFarlane. Forget all the other guys. It's Blodge. Blodge, he's still extremely young. He showed signs last year of being what they thought he was going to be in Miami. Blodge isn't too, too bad if he's given the opportunity with the right team. Showed signs of it last year in uh, L.A. Like I said, guys, if something happens to Harris – Balaj is a top 15 running back weekly. Now more towards that 14, 15, maybe 17 range, but he's a starting running back. Um, overall, you're picking in the 12th slot. You got a title on your wall. You don't necessarily need to nail the draft, obviously. I give you about a B minus, a B on it, just because you're be- you've really got three, four players on here that I'm kind of excited about in fantasy and use the word exciting loosely. There's a lot of things that have to fall right for it to be happy. Your your top end talent is Zach Wilson. Outside of that, you got three flyers in Booker, Bourne, and Balage who could either be cut week one of the preseason or you know two, three week fill-ins for you on your team. So I'll give you like a B minus. Let's just stick with a B minus as my grading scale on this one. Um, potential to be a C plus, to be honest with you, if Wilson's a bust. But, God, you got a title to hang on the wall. You know, titles last forever. So congrats on that. So overall, that's kind of the recap, guys. 
Um, hopefully you're able to follow it. Hopefully it wasn't too long or long-winded for you. I know I've been going for an hour now. Just want to do the quick power rankings. I'm not going to go too in-depth with this. I'll do a little bit more later on with the power rankings once we start actually seeing how these teams play out. But as it sits right now, I'm going to start in the inverse and work my way forward. <clears throat> Coming in the 12th slot right now, I have Sam and Jester UGA. I don't think he did enough in the draft. He did, he did some good things, but I don't think he did enough in the draft to highly improve that team. Um, coming in at 11, I actually have, <laughs> I actually have, uh, my boy Tremaine. I do think Tremaine could be number six overall, but as of right now, I've got him 11. Um, I just see some holes that I'm not a big fan of on the, the roster currently. I do think there's some potential to move forward after that. Coming in at 10, I've, and this is going to, I'm going to get reamed for this, but I've got trip. <laughs> I mean, Dak was a massive improvement on your team. But outside of that, you know, I, I do think there's some holes. ETN is going to have to hit for you and hit early. Um, as of right now, I've got you as my number 10 team. Nothing personal, but maybe it's the avatar. Who knows? Coming in at number nine, I've got Lawrence and the A-Town Trotters. I just think you did well at the end of the season last year, but you didn't do much at all in this draft to improve your stock. So I do think you take a giant step back as it relates to overall. Um, what do I got? Number eight. Number eight, I've got Barks Mafia. Um, I think you did great with the, you know, 47 picks you had in the draft, but you've got a lot of holes already on the team to start with. You've got a large hill to climb. Um, so having you right there is not really that bad. I do think that you could make the playoffs. Um, but I also could see you in the bottom three once again. Um, you know, just everything has to hit one way or the other. Coming in at number seven, I'm actually going to go a little different and <laughs> I've got the defending champ at number seven. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, number seven, I've really got Snyder. I do think that your team made some improvements with some of your draft picks. Like I said, I really liked your draft as a whole, but I also think you have a big hill to climb. Number seven is really not that bad. It's right on the cusp of the playoffs. I do think you are knocking on that door to get in. You're not too far away from it, but I do think you do have some, uh, some things have to go right for you, primarily your quarterback situation currently. Um, coming in at number six, I have Dido Kelvin. Like I said, Najee Harris was an amazing thing for your team. Your team is really good overall. I just think you need to have a little bit better management in season. So as of right now, I do have you at the number six position, which is pretty status quo to where you finished last year. Coming in at number five, I... I have um, yours truly, the commish. I'm not going to rank myself any higher. I'm not going to rank myself any lower. I don't even want to go into it. You can take what you want from it. Coming in at number four, I do have um, Eric. Eric is the original champion, almost repeat champion. I do think you have a great team as a whole. Losing Aaron Jones is going to prove fatal to you, in my opinion. That's why you went from number two overall in my draft or my uh, power rankings to number four. And I do think you may actually slide a little further than that as we get closer to the season, but that's yet to be seen. Coming in at number three, I have Dags. I love your team. I love what you did in the draft as a whole, but, you know, the guy in front of you made a bigger splash, which kind of bolstered him. You were going to be number three originally. This guy was going to be number four, but it kind of, you didn't move up and he did. Um, so I do think Dags is a great owner. He's a very busy guy. I do think he's probably going to be in the top three or four every year. Um, coming in at number two is the guy who made a big splash in the draft. 
already had a pretty good team, and once you go ahead and add Aaron Jones, your team only gets better. So this team I'm really not looking forward to ever having to face just because of the fact that Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and even if Kenny Drake or Melvin Gordon are 50% of what they were last year, hell, even Mostert, that's a pretty dangerous squad to have to go up against in this format. I do think this team has the potential to win a title this year, but it could also have the potential to fall short and be a bust. Um, it's going to be hard for it to be a bust, but it's going to be easier path to the title game. So great move in the offseason by acquiring Jones, Derek. I do have you at number two. Number one, coming off, you can't have the champ anywhere but number one in the initial power rankings. I don't care if he just sold off his whole team. You still have number one in the power rankings until someone proves me wrong. Um, as of right now, when you got a team with Mahomes on it, you are instantly in this kind of format a favorite week in and week out. The biggest problem is outside of that, you've got some huge holes. Montgomery, Carter, uh, Connor, yeah, Gaskin. I mean, your backfield's not really sexy. You've got some big holes in the receiving core. I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins, but outside of that, you've got a bunch of number twos, number threes. It, it, I love you, Reggie. Glad you got a title on your belt, but enjoy the number one power ranking while it lasts. I think you're going to slide pretty quick and pretty hard when the season starts getting rolling. But that's all I got, guys. Sorry I took an hour and 10 minutes of your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to me. And, guys, please increase the participation. Do whatever it takes to be more active. That's all I care about. I want this lead to succeed, and I really want to see everybody have a great time. It's been fun. You have a great day. I'll give you the rest of your time back.